So we're in this series talking about uncomfortable emotions from a biblical and kind of a scientific uh, viewpoint. And the Bible tells us that we're supposed to love God with all of our heart and with all of our mind. And so our emotions are an important part of who we are, and we need to be in touch with them and, and allow ourselves to feel even uncomfortable emotions. And we've talked about how emotions really ultimately are data. It's information. It's, emotions are kind of like a lighthouse. They're, they're shining a light on potential dangers in our lives so that we can navigate around them or through them so that we can life, live a life that is full and a life that is happy, right, even when we have all these other emotions going on. And so we've talked about how the emotions are data, and they're not directives. Emotions cannot make us do anything. But in our lives, sometimes we react very quickly from our emotions, and we make mistakes that we wish we hadn't done, and we have regrets. And so we're talking about strategies how to deal with these uncomfortable emotions. And basically, a lot of it's just giving ourselves permission to sit with the emotion and experience it before we act on that. And to try to name the emotion, because sometimes we can get confused about what is it exactly that I'm feeling, and then to sit with that for a while before we make a decision and before we act on that. And so that's what we've been doing in this series, and we're going to continue that today. Um, I signed up with the United States Post Office on their website for a service that will send me an email every day that has a picture of all the mail that I will receive. Did you guys know you can do that? And so you can kind of see what's coming, and you look forward to fun things and not so much the bills that are coming. That, but, you know, you also find out if somebody stole your mail because it's supposed to come and it doesn't show up. But anyway, um, I, I, I got that email the other day, and I, I had a letter that's coming from our homeowner association. And if you're in a homeowner association, you know, it's to protect all the values of your property, all that kind of stuff. And usually, though, when I get a letter from an HOA, it's nothing fun. <laughs> it's usually a bill uh, or maybe a budget or an announcement or a little letter saying that there was an infraction on my yard and I have to fix that. So you guys know... Uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about how I've just we've been in a season of things breaking down. Our hot water heater had to be replaced, our garbage disposal, we had to get new car tires and car parts and all this kind of stuff. And I just was praying for a break. So I got this email the other day with HOA, and I started getting a little angry, right? And so uh, sure enough, the letter came, I opened it up, and uh, it said very politely, you know, dear Kyle and Laura Thompson, just writing to let you know, uh, that your shutters are faded and you need to paint them or replace them, right? <laughs> Hook me up here, Chris. All right. So <laughs> I'm reading that letter. I'm like, yeah, they're right. They've come at that. I do need to replace those shutters. I need to paint those. But I just don't need another thing to do. So I'm starting getting angry. And, and then they have a line in there. It says, this letter is not to offend you. I'm like, how is it not going to offend me? Saying, you're a terrible homeowner. Fix what you've done. So I just started getting mad and mad again. And then I start thinking about all my neighbors around me that have things much worse than my faded shutters. And I'm like, have you sent them a letter? Because evidently not. They've had these things for six months or a year, and they've not fixed it, and i got to fix mine, right? So I'm just getting angry, right? You guys ever feel that way, right? You were just, it, it just creeps up on you. And they were right, right? It's my fault. I got to fix it. And I'm in the process of doing that. But it just hit the wrong time. Just like it's like the Hulk, right? Don't make me angry kind of man. What's, what's your experience of anger in your life? Um, that, that made me angry. It's not world shattering or world ending. But 
you know, this week I had a, a church member who's here with us today give me a call and say, Pastor Kyle, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go to the hospital and visit one of my family members who's from out of town. Um, it's this girl. She's in her mid-20s. She and her fiancé were riding on a motorcycle together, and somebody in a car uh, ran through a stop sign and hit them. And her whole right side of her body is broken. From a leg to her clavicle, her left knee was broken. And so I said, absolutely. And I went to see them in the hospital and pray with her and her mom. And I mean, she's, you know, just all on these pain-killing drugs. And that's somebody who deserves to be angry. That's somebody who deserves to be angry. My, my good friend, Pastor Scott from New Story Church, that you guys, many of you have seen, he's been here to preach before. Let me know this week that he's a mountain biker and he rides a lot of mountain bikes and that's a tough sport and you have to be really fit and in shape to do that. And one of the guys that he rides with is a 55-year-old man. He's just in the best shape of his life. He can ride up all of down these mountains and go 100 miles or whatever and eats right and just, you know, the picture of health. And he had a stroke and they don't think he's going to be able to see again. That's somebody who deserves to be angry. In your life, what makes you mad? How do you deal with anger, right? Because we get these feelings of anger. Is it okay to feel angry? Because a lot of times when we feel angry, we do things that we regret later. We, we act out in ways that we're ashamed of later. So how do we navigate anger in our lives, ranging from homeowner association to people being blind for doing nothing other than staying in good shape, right? There, there's things in our life that make us angry. So I want to start today in scriptures and see some of what the Bible teaches us about dealing with anger. There's different kinds of anger. So let's go first to the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. And these are God's words. God is angry. Right? I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and will humble the pride of the ruthless. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. Right, we keep going in the book of Romans. and In the New Testament, it says something very similar. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. God here is angry. And it's righteous anger. And God sees people doing evil and says, it's wrong, it's got to stop. Right? Today is Juneteenth, and we remember the abolition of slavery in America. That's the kind of anger that God's talking about. One group of people enslaving another group of people uh, for financial gain or because of skin color. Right? That's the kind of evil that God says is wrong, and our anger is good. We should see something that's wrong and do something about it. So sometimes anger can be good. We see something that's broken that needs to be fixed. We keep going in uh, Scripture here with God. Now, this is in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. God gets angry, but it takes God time, right? God is, God is patient. Right? He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. God doesn't hold grudges forever. Right? He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Even when we deserve for God to be angry, he still loves us and still will forgive us. And sometimes we don't get what we deserve, the bad stuff that's coming, because God is graceful and he loves us. Even in his anger, he gives us 
grace and forgiveness. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So God can get angry about evil in the world, but God is slow to get angry. And he is even compassionate and graceful when we deserve his anger because he's a good God, right? Those are some really important things that the Bible teaches about anger. Jesus himself got angry. He, he really got angry at like religious leaders uh, of, the, of his day known as Pharisees because they were corrupt and they were power hungry and, and he would light into them. He, he called them a bunch of snakes. He's like, you brood of vipers. And, and he, would, he would rant against them. And one time he saw some things happening in, in the Jewish temple, which was like the national church. And he got so angry that he started turning tables over and he grabbed a whip and he chased people out of church because they were doing wrong things against God in the house of God. Now, Jesus didn't do that a lot. That's the only place that we see Jesus really get angry and do stuff like that. So Jesus, like God the Father, also was slow to get angry. But the Son of God felt anger. The Son of God acted on that anger. So when we, re when we have anger, it's okay, right? Especially when it's righteous anger that's part of how God has made us to see something that's wrong in the world and want to do something about it. Right? Moses in the Old Testament was angry that the people of Israel were enslaved. And, and he went to the Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, and said, this is wrong. You've got to stop doing this, right? The righteous anger. He was angry when he came down with the Ten Commandments and the people of Israel were worshiping a false god. And he smashed the tablets, right? Righteous anger. But there's also anger that's, that's used in unhealthy ways in Scripture. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how the very first murder in human history, Cain was angry at his brother Abel because Abel had a sacrifice that was accepted to God and Cain's was not, and Cain was so angry at his brother that he killed him. That's not a good use of anger. Right? The emotion is, is okay, but the, the action is not. I read in the book of Jonah that Jonah is angry at God because God forgave the enemies of Israel, the Ninevites. And Jonah's like, I knew you would do that, God. I'm so angry at you. They deserve your wrath. They deserve your punishment. But you forgave them. And Jonah was mad at God. And I don't think that was a healthy anger or a healthy response to anger. So we see positive ways to deal with anger. We see negative ways to deal with anger in the Bible. And Here's just a few more things that I think the Bible teaches us about dealing with our anger. This, again, from the book of James. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. It seems to me like we do the opposite. We're quick to be angry and we're slow to speak. And, well, we're not slow to speak, but we're slow to listen, right? Especially if you're on social media, Right? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So slow to anger, right? quick to listen. Let's keep going. This is in Ephesians. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Deal with your anger. Get it out. Don't harbor it. Don't shove it down. Don't hold grudges because it's going to come back and it's going to be nasty. And it's going to blow up. And it's going to blow sideways. And you're going to hurt people who are innocent, right? Don't let your anger fester. Do not make friends with hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. 
Right? Even being around people who are consistently angry is not a good thing for us because it's going to rub off. It's going to teach us bad habits. So we need to be careful about who our close friends are. It doesn't mean that we don't love them and care for people like that, but be careful with the company that you keep when it comes to anger. A gentle anger turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms the quarrel. When someone makes you angry, you just want to scream and rage at them. But what does that usually do? Does it win them over? Does it change their mind? No, it gets them amped up, and then they yell at you, and you yell at them, and it, it doesn't solve anything, right? So our response is important. And then finally, if you remember anything from this message today, I think this is the most important thing. In your anger, do not sin. God assumes that we're going to get angry. God knows that we're going to get angry. It's okay to be angry, but when we're angry, don't do something wrong with that anger. That's what sin is, is to do the wrong thing. God expects us to be angry. Be angry, and when you're angry, don't sin. Right? Use that anger in a productive and a healthy way. Right? So we're going to talk about a little bit what that looks like today. What does it look like not to sin in our anger? So this is a biblical kind of perspective. And I want to think a little bit too, coming from like a scientific, uh, worldly perspective, what, what is anger? And so um, I want to introduce you to uh, some thoughts by a, a therapist uh, named Faith Harper. Uh, and this is how she defines uh, anger. She says, anger comes from a Latin root to outmove. Right, which means that the body directs you to create change or the body gives you energy to get out of a difficult situation. Right, So anger is our body's physical response to protect us. Our body's working even before our brain can. It says, warning, there's danger here. There's something that you need to pay attention to. So our body is marshalling energy so that we can see something that's wrong and make a change to do something about that. Right, So that's the, like a, a core definition of what anger is. Now, on the one hand, right, we're, we're, we're nervous about anger because in, when we're angry, I, get, I bet every one of us who are here today or watching online, we, in our anger, we've used that anger in a way that we regret later. We've made a snap decision. We've made a snap judgment. We've, we've yelled at somebody who didn't deserve to get yelled at, right? So we're hesitant to embrace the anger because we've seen it harm people, right? But on the other side, anger actually is a little bit more acceptable in our culture than some of these other emotions that we've been talking about, like guilt or grief, right? Anger in our culture can be celebrated, right? Uh, it can be approved. It can be like, yeah, they deserve that. You deserve to, to stand up to that, right? So anger can be more of a popular emotion, especially in our culture in America for men, right? Today's Father's Day. and talk to the guys today, like, it, you know, as men in our culture, we're not supposed to be sad, we're not supposed to be weak, we're not supposed to be disappointing or disappointed, right? Those emotions, you can't have that. If you have those emotions, you're a wuss, right? But in our culture, we can get mad. We can be angry as men, and that's celebrated. It's macho. So, like, pretty much our emotional options in America are be a wuss or be angry, <laughs> you know, right? And so a lot of times I think those of us who are men, like, we take all those emotions we're not supposed to have, and we, we kind of bottle those up, and then we, we get to celebrate the one emotion's okay for guys to get angry, and we let all that stuff out, and it just gets nasty, and we release that upon other people. And so this anger thing's tricky, right? We're scared to let it go, but we also have permission to do that. We bring other emotions into it. So, But one thing's for sure, 
we need to find a way to express our anger. We, we can't bottle it up. Because have you ever taken a blown-up beach ball and, and held it underwater in a pool? You ever done that? Right, you hold it down. You can hold and hold it down so long, and, and then what's going to happen? It's going to pop out. And usually it might hit you in the face, <laughs> right? Or it might shoot out and hit some little kid next to you right in the face, and the kid starts crying, right? That's what anger is like. It's like us holding down a beach ball in the pool. If we don't deal with it correctly, it's going to shoot up when we least expect it. And it's either going to blow up in our face or it's going to blow up in someone else's face. And someone's going to get hurt and end up crying, right? So we can't hold it down. We've got to figure out a way to deal with it. And again, like we read in the Bible, right, some anger is good. Like righteous anger is good. We see something in the world that's broken and we say that's wrong and we need to do something about it, right? Again, Juneteenth today, we, that we've done away with slavery. And you've probably heard the story of Rosa Parks who did the bus boycott in Greensboro and helped get all that segregation in the bus system taken away. Do you know what got her involved in that? She wasn't involved in social justice issues until her brother, who was a World War II hero, World War II hero, came home from serving overseas, came back to America, and was treated like garbage because his skin color is black. That made Rosa Parks very angry. Like, how dare you treat my brother like this when he's done all this for his nation and he comes back and he's treated like this. And so she got involved in the social justice movement. She got involved in the NAACP and she got involved in the bus boycott and she made history, right? She had a righteous anger and she funneled it in a healthy way and she made lasting change in the nation, right? So righteous anger funneled in the right way can make a difference. It can transform world. It can transform the community. It can transform people, right? So anger can be dealt with in healthy ways. Now, what's interesting about anger is a lot of it's biological, and it helps us to understand how anger works in our bodies. A lot of times, our bodies sense something that our brains don't yet sense, and anger is the emotion that gets our attention, you could be standing in a room with a bunch of people and all of a sudden you might feel angry. You're like, why am I feeling angry? Because your body has noticed something that your brain hasn't noticed. And it might be something as simple as someone in the room is wearing the same cologne as someone else in your life who's been mean to you and your body kind of makes those connections, right? Your brain doesn't do that, but your body does that. So when you begin to feel angry, stop and think, what is going on here? Because our bodies, are, they're powerful. You know, a lot of us think, at least I think, it's kind of like in my brain, like there's a mini version of Kyle with a joystick and like controlling, you know, like move your arm right or move your arm left, right? You know, that's how I vision how my brain works. But that's not really how it works. It's shocking. Um, did you know that the pathways in our bodies that send messages, that there are four from our bodies to our brain, but there's only one from our brain to our bodies, so over 80% of the messages in our bodies are body to brain rather than brain to body. So four pathways up, one pathway down, right? 80% up, 20% down, right? So our bodies really influence who we are even before we can think about it. That's why we have that gut reaction, that rage, and we want to act on it, and we got to take a time out and say, okay, body, I hear you but I need to stop and I need to figure out what's going on here. So it's important for us to figure out the triggers, what makes us angry? And how do we know that we're getting ready to go into a rage, 
right? Maybe, maybe your jaw gets tense or maybe your shoulders get reared up or maybe you just get really still and quiet. We all have like these moments where we know that we're getting ready to snap, right? Because when anger comes, it happens quickly because it's a defense mechanism, you know? Like it's like a tiger's gonna catch me, right? It's just, it's this defense mechanism. So we need to know what it is that triggers us and be ready to watch it, right? Because how we respond is important. Right? Sometimes we need to respond with yelling and rage because we're in mortal danger. Someone's abusing us. Someone's abusing someone that we love, right? And there's no time to be nice about it. We need to lash out and yell and scream, stop, this is not right. But there are many more times, I think, in our lives that we receive anger and yelling at somebody, cussing them out, giving them a bird, right, is not really going to do anything helpful. Right? And, and yet we go on social media and that's exactly what we do all the time. We're ranting and raving at people. And we're like, well, why isn't anybody agreeing with me? Because like if you're yelling at people and you're cussing people out and you're making all these mean arguments, you're not going to get anywhere. So at some point, if anger's warning us that there needs to be a change, hey, we got the attention, but maybe yelling at someone, giving them the bird, being rageful is not the way to do it. Maybe we need to be like Jesus and God and be slow with our response and be kind and and talk to people, right? Like right now, we're angry that again and again, the children of our schools are shot and killed in America. Nowhere else in the world, right? Time and time again, right? And we're, we're arguing among ourselves, among our politicians. About, well, what do we do with all the guns in America? Because, right, there's more guns per person in America than anywhere else in all the world, right? There are more guns in America than there are people. And so if we want to stop shooting children, we're going to have to start doing something about that. But we're all yelling about, well, we need more laws, we need less laws, we don't need this law, we need to carry this law. We're just screaming, 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 screaming. We've got to come together in the middle as Americans and talk to each other respectfully from our anger on either side of this issue or whatever issue that it is. If we want to see lasting change, if we want to see kids stop being killed, right, we've got to come together from our anger and sit down at the table and figure it out. And you could say that about any other issue in America right now, right? There's a million of them. But we've got to take that anger and we've got to channel it in some good ways. So let's talk for a second about the triggers in our lives that kind of just set us off. And um, this one psychologist has uh, <laughs> like a nine thing acronym, but we'll go through it pretty quick. But these are things that trigger us. And I want you to think about what are your triggers that really pull you off. One is life and death situation, right? Someone's endangering you or your family, right? That's going to make you angry, right? Driving unsafely, uh, anything like that. So that, that you want to defend your family, right? We understand that. Next is an insult, right? Insults make us angry, right? But we got to be careful how we respond to that. Remember at the Oscars, right? Will Smith's wife was insulted, right? And he got up and he hit a man in the face, right? And now that, that haunts him and it's, it's, it's like ruined his career and Right? It's okay to be angry about an insult, but maybe an insult doesn't deserve a pop in the face, right? Like trying to protect your family from being killed, right? When your family's messed with, you're going to get angry, right? Don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my kids, right? That's a trigger for many of us. Um, the environment, like this basically means like your house, right? Your space, right? Your territory, right? Like, don't mess with me. Don't send me an HOA letter about my shutters, right? <laughs> so, right, um, your mate, 
right? So that's, of course, an extension of family, right? Don't mess with my wife, right? Because that's going to get you fired up. These are things. It's not rocket science, but it's good to see it. Order in society, right? That's social justice issue, like racism and sexism and, and you know, all that stuff that fires people up for a good reason. Um, our resources, when, when someone threatens our job, or our, our livelihood, our income, our money, our property, things that we need to take care of our families, right? That can make us angry. Uh, our tribe, that's our group, right? Your, your class, your, uh, your family, your team, right? In, you know, in baseball, when the pitcher hits, you know, one of the batters with the baseball, why does the rest of the dugout run out to try and beat the pitcher up? Because that's a group, right? You don't mess, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And then finally, when something stops, when something prevents you from acting, when you're arrested or uh, you're take, taking away power, right, where you can't act on your behalf when something restrains you, like some kind of a weird, a weird rule or something, right? So these are things that trigger our anger. Which ones of these in your mind right now are like really your hot button issues that you really just need to be ready for? Like when someone messes with something in your life that you're ready just to jump on that, your Hulk hands come out, right? And how can you be ready to deal with those triggers? Again, they're important triggers, right? How can we be ready for that, right? So let's think about just, you know, an example. If you were walking in Charlotte today and someone like came in front of you and just got right in front of you, like cut you off like you're walking, like you'd be like, that's kind of weird, but you probably wouldn't punch them in the back or yell at them or cuss them out, right? But if they did that on an interstate going 80 miles an hour, right, road rage comes out. Why? Because the stakes are higher, right? Now you can die, right? They, they cut you off in traffic, you can die. They could do damage to your car, thousands of dollars worth of damage to your car, right? The stakes are higher, right? If you have your kids, your grandkids in the car and somebody does that, you, you're going to blow your horn, Right, you're going to throw up the bird, right? So it, it depends, right? There's different levels of triggers and how we're going to respond to things like that. So what can we do about it? Just, this is just some strategies. The first one is kind of funny. I got a picture for you. Um, that's one mad chicken, <laughs> right? So I'm going to give you a shorter thing to remember than all those nine things. It's, it's, it's called a hen, right? Get it? A hen. It's a chicken. It's an angry chicken, right? So anger, why are we angry? You, there's three main categories of those things that I listed for you. One, we, we're hurt or someone we care about is hurt. Maybe it's an insult. Maybe it's a physical thing. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Or our expectations aren't met. I thought it would be this way, but it's not, right? We get angry because we think it's going to be one way, but it goes another way. Or then finally, our needs are not met. I need this to happen, but it doesn't happen, right? So if you're in that moment, right, think about that mad-looking chicken, a hen, right? Why am I angry? It's usually one of three things. I'm hurt. My expectations aren't met. My needs aren't met. And before we lash out about that, think about that. Another thing that we can do to stop from just going off the rails here uh, is to is, our, is the way that we breathe, right? Remember, we got those four channels going up, the one going down, 80% going up, 20% going down. The, if we take longer breaths out, like, then we take in. I know this sounds kind of weird, kind of touchy-feely. It's physiological. It you down. Right? So if you're getting ready to get really angry, breathe out longer. It has to do with like this vagus nerve that goes up through our body that pretty much controls everything. 
it's a way to calm that down. It's a way to calm your physical body down. So if you're getting angry, consciously breathe out longer than you breathe in. Right? I know it sounds weird, but it's scientific, right? So just try it. Breathing's free, okay? Uh, and then what uh, we'll call the 90-second rule, when you, when you get that gut reaction and you want to punch somebody in the face or you want to cuss them out or whatever it is, a minute and a half, stop. Feel the emotion and ask yourself, why am I so mad? Why, why do I want to punch my face right now? Think about the hen, the mad-looking chicken, right, and before you act, before you do anything, right, to disarm yourself. Right? You probably need to be angry, but what's the reaction going to be? Take about 90 seconds and deal with that, right? So your first thought when you're angry, right, it's a free pass. It's your body saying there's something wrong, right? No guilt in that. It's a free pass. But your second, third, fourth thought and your first reaction, that is on you, right? So we encounter the emotion. You can't help it. But what we do with the emotion, we can help, right? So what's the point today? What's the big idea? I want to go back to Scripture, and I'm going to let Scripture speak for itself. Um, be angry and do not sin. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel that way, whether it's righteous anger, whether it's selfish anger. Right? Just be angry, but don't sin. Be angry, but don't sin. When I was a teenager, I saw my dad uh, who was working uh, in a church, and one of the staff members there insulted him in front of, like, everybody. And I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. And it had been easy for my dad because it was somebody who worked for him at the church to lash out for them, to embarrass them. When my dad said to him, could I speak to you in the next room uh, for a moment? Like, looking back now as an adult, just, just to be angry and not sin, that had to have been so hard for my dad. Now, I don't know what he said in the room to the guy, <laughs> but, uh, but he didn't embarrass him. He didn't rake him over the coals in front of other people, right? Be angry and do not sin, Okay. So here's some action steps that you might want to consider doing. Is like, what does this look like in my everyday life, right? These are things right out of Scripture. Reflect on why you're angry, right? Why am I angry right now? Be slow to anger. Try to get over your anger quickly. Don't harbor it, right? And act on anger in helpful ways, right? That's all straight out of the Bible, right? And then, uh, again, some of these acronyms that we talked about, uh, the uh, HEN, um, what's my anger? Is it a hurt thing? Is it an expectation thing? Or is my, are my needs not being met? That's a, that's a real easy one to remember. It's the mad chicken, a hen. And then if you want to take a picture of this, right, again, it's the triggers. What are our triggers that cause us to do these sort of things? Right, just some, some strategies. Uh, and then, you know, we mentioned, again, to breathe longer outwardly than you do inwardly, right? <sighs> breathe it out. And then the 90-second roll. Stop, think, reflect before you do anything with that anger. Right? And again, anger can be a good thing. Right? Rosa Parks helped fight segregation and did something positive with her anger. But anger can also be hurtful and painful. I would say that 90% of the things that I regret in my life, saying or doing, that blew up, either in my face or my family's face or my church's face because I acted out of anger. I'd say 90% of the hurt that I caused that I wish I could take back from yelling at Laura or Luke and Nathan or a staff member or somebody in my church, like 90% of those in my life, right, I was holding that beach ball down 
didn't deal with my anger healthy, and it shot out, and it missed my face, but it hit somebody's face that I love. Right. And I'm guessing that I'm not the only one that does that. Right. Be angry and do not sin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.